Hello and welcome to the My VA Dayton podcast coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk with veterans in the Western Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I'm Scott Lease, your host with co-host Greg Tucker. We have with us today an Army veteran from Lima, Ohio, David Bates. Welcome, David. Thanks for having me on. We are thrilled to have you here. Uh, David is a founder of the nonprofit Warriors Way, which teaches veterans, first responders, and their supporters different aspects of recreational therapy with the goal of providing a sense of accomplishment, physical and mental well-being, and the knowledge and experience to continue recreational therapy in their own communities. Again, welcome, David. So you had a trip today, right? All the way from Lima. Yeah, it's about an hour. It was a little bit of a hike. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully everything went smooth for you. Obviously, you're here and great to have you here. But uh, now it's time to put you to the test. It's time! That's right. It's time to play Don't Tell Me. I think I know that. This is the game where we put our guests to the test of their knowledge of military trivia. A game where listeners can play along to see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutia like ours are. Are you ready to take this challenge? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, you know, now, you're a blacksmith, so we actually tailored your question specifically to you and uh, about how blacksmiths were involved with the military. So here's your first question. What is reportedly the first metal used in battle? Would it be A, copper, B, tin, C, bronze, or D, Mercury. Correct answer would be bronze. Bronze is the correct answer. That's right. Bronze, an alloy of copper and tin, had been used as far back as 4000 BC, as it is much harder than pure copper. It was used extensively in Asia. The Indus Valley civilization flourished as a result of improved metallurgy. Okay, here's your second question. In what war were horseshoes a significant contributor? Would it be A, the Revolutionary War, B, the Spanish-American War, C, the war between the states, or D, World War I? That would be the war between the states. That's right. Yes, by 1835, a horseshoe manufacturing machine was patented for the first time in the United States. The machine was capable of producing 60 shoes per hour. Now, I'm guessing that's a little bit faster than a blacksmith can make it by hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. During the American Civil War, horseshoe production turned out to be a significant advantage for the northern armies uh, and helped with victory as they acquired a horseshoe producing machine. Horses properly equipped with protective gear performed better in battle than compared to horses without shoes. So here is your third and final question. You're doing great so far. What is a suit of armor made of? Would it be A, wrought iron, B, pig iron, C, steel and iron, or D, rusty iron? Would be steel and iron. That's right, C is the right answer. Yes, armor was composed of, of large steel or iron plates that were linked by loosely closed rivets and by internal leathers uh, to allow the wearer maximum freedom of movement. You did great. So, Greg, what has David won for playing with us today? Well, David, for playing with us today, we have 
a set of four Dayton VA industrial strength chip clips designed by NASA's aerospace engineers to keep your chips crisp on your next stellar space journey. Or wherever you may be traveling in the near future, compliments of the Dayton VA. Okay, we're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll hear more from our veteran David Bates and the nonprofit Warriors Way. Ow, my finger! I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to bear true faith and allegiance. To help you when you're in need. To be considerate and caring, courageous and strong. To tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. For better. For worse. In sickness and in health. To love and cherish. To be your loving, faithful friend, partner, child, parent, neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran experiencing mental health challenges at maketheconnection.net. The Dayton VA changed my life. There was a time I was jobless and homeless, didn't know where to turn for help. I felt like there was no hope for me. Then I learned about the Dayton VA. They helped me find the help I needed to get back on track. I received support, got a job, found a place to live. I got my life back. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. And we're back with our veteran, uh, Army veteran from uh, Lima, Ohio, David Bates. So, David, tell us a little bit about Warrior's Way. I understand the uh, metalworking, blacksmithing is a, is a great type of recreational therapy that uh, you guys offer. Yes, so Warrior's Way is a 501c3. We're a nonprofit. We teach veterans, first responders, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, and youth that are of blacksmithing or bladesmithing. So they'll come out for the day. They'll work on a project. We'll feed them lunch, and it's all 100% free. So is what we found is that with PTSD, you're hyper aware of everything. With working with steel that's 1,800 to 2,000 degrees, you're hyper focused. You can't be both at the same time. So it sort of gives your brain a break. It sort of gives your brain a break so that you can basically take a break and just relax. It's sort of a Zen experience. Yeah, yeah. So these classes are free, and you offer it to veterans in the Lima area? No, we offer it to veterans all over the United States, um, typically mostly Lima area, um, but we've had veterans come as far as Oklahoma, Utah, Connecticut. Wow, so quite a reach there. So how did you get started with this project? Um, so I got started with this project back in 2016. I started making knives because I watched the show Forge and Fire. Um, I started making knives and it started helping me. I started seeing the benefits from it. I was able to take a mental break. Um, so I started teaching some veterans once I got good enough to teach. Started teaching some other veterans and they liked it. So we started Warriors Way Forge um, and that was our pilot program. And then in 2019, we actually became a... 501c3 Warriors Way, and that's when we started full fledged going force with cl classes. 
Um, uh, but unfortunately, COVID hit um, during 2020. We actually closed down along with the schools for safety reasons. Um, we didn't want to expose any of the veterans to germs I may have or anything right, else. Um, right. So we followed the local schools policies for COVID. Um, we also, once we opened back up in August of 2020, we uh, bumped our classes down to five people per class. And we found out that the larger classes, you'd have one veteran that was hanging out by himself. Um, with the smaller classes, everybody sort of hung out together and you got more benefits from peer support. Right, right. So tell us a little about that. Uh, you know, you talk about peer support, but what, what benefits do uh, veterans get when they're uh, participating in this uh, recreational therapy? So what, you're getting off the couch. You're, you're getting out. You're, ma- you're making a new support group. Um, some of these veterans will go talk and hang out with the other veterans outside of the program once they meet them and realize they have a lot in common. Um, but you're getting added benefits. You're getting the exercise from swinging the hammers, which it's gets up to about 110 degrees in the shop some days. So you're, you're getting that sauna effect. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. Work out in a sauna. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you get mental, you, that mental break is the big main factor. Um, something else extra. to focus on, something else to, to push your energies toward. Yeah. You, you got a lot more focus and pushing your energy and just de-stressing. Yeah, that's the main part, especially nowadays. Everybody needs to do stress a little bit more. Why did you come up with the name Warrior's Way? All right. So in Fort Hood, Texas, where I served, um, Warrior's Way was Warrior's Way PX. And we had Warrior's Way Drive. So we just pretty much borrowed. We tactically acquired the name. (laughs) There you go. And then with the recreational therapy is how we came to move the program from just knife making to recreational therapy is I did seven-week inpatient therapy up at the Dayton VA, and leather working was a recreational therapy, and it was very, it was the same as knife making. It was very soothing. So that's when we figured out that not just leather working can be recreational therapy. It can be hunting, fishing. So that's how we got that. And you've added leather working to Warrior's Way Forge, yes. correct? We've added leather working, painting, and woodworking. On um, the painting classes, we... Typically, the youth will do those, yeah. those and the blacksmithing classes. And so if a veteran's interested in uh, participating in this program, how do they get a hold of you? What do they do? Um, they can send me an email at warriorswayforge at gmail.com, or they can get on our website, warriorswayforge.org, and they can sign up for classes on there, or they can send us an email and set up an emergency one-on-one class. Uh, we actually had an emergency class yesterday. Gentleman got a hold of me at about noon on Monday, and then we actually had his class going 10 a.m. on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Um, his son was home on leave, so it was a emergency because leave time is very precious. You don't right. want to waste any of that. So he was on leave from Japan, and we got him with a class within 24-hour setup. So what are the some what are some of the things that some of these veterans have created uh, with Warriors Way? Um, majority of the veterans create knives or blades. Um, we've had veterans come in and create Damascus billets, which is basically alternating two types of steel to make a pattern. Um, we've had them come in and make S hooks, candy canes for Christmas, uh, the planner shepherd hooks, mm-hmm. um, concealment flags, jewelry boxes. Um, we've had some paint ceramic Easter eggs during around Easter, Easter time for the kids. 
Um, and then we've done belts, wallets, aprons. And, so, and if I can ask, what about the materials? Or do they provide their own materials? Or, or do you have the like sponsors who help? So the awesome thing about the program is everything is 100% free. We provide everything they need. We even provide the food while they're there and the drinks. So all the steel, the wood, leather, ceramic eggs, everything is provided. We have an awesome support group of sponsors that donate um, from our Forge and Fire family that comes out and teaches classes and helps auction off knives to local car dealerships that donate to make sure that we keep everything free. Yeah, and you actually have a big event called uh, the Annual Hammerthon, right? Yes. Tell us about that. So our Annual Hammerthon last year was 24 hours long. We had roughly eight people participating in it um, and we hammer knives blacksmithing projects for 24 hours straight now we used to do that on staff duty and cq all the time well not making knives and stuff uh -huh. but the 24 hours straight we're getting up there in age that's not that's a safety issue nowadays um so we've actually this year we'll actually be breaking it up into two two 12 hour days so they'll come out for day one for 12 hours and we'll have a forge and fire style competition so we'll have mystery items in a barrel of dry ice and water they'll pull it out and they'll have to make a make an item or a blade out of that object oh. um so anything from spring steel to railroad spikes to water and w1 so david if i can ask you how did you get into knife making or first with metallurgy so I first got into knife making or metallurgy back in 2016. I like typically most of the guys that go on Forge and Fire now, I've seen the show. It's like, I can do that. That's not hard. So I made my first blade out of completely mild steel, which was non-hardable and was not a blade. So, yeah, you started out small, uh, but you've gotten rather big with this. Uh, like, like Greg was asking, you know, you started off as, as a hobby, but how did you turn it into a not-for-profit serving so many people? So once I figured out that there was benefits that we could give back to our brothers and sisters, that's when myself and our board members um, decided that it was probably best that we become a nonprofit. Um, being as a, being myself going out there and getting donations is a little bit harder, like explaining like, hey, this is what I do as a hobby, help us out. Um, but being a 501c3 that added some validity behind our program, so that way also companies could get a tax exemption. Right. But it helped us out to be able to help everyone else. And that's what the program is about is making sure we can help as many people as possible. Right, absolutely. So you have some uh, professionals, uh, medical or healthcare professionals with you, or counselors, I, I guess that's... Um, so we do not. Um, we typically just use mainly peer support. Okay. Um, it's what they use up at the DOM. Oh, okay. Uh, the DOM is the inpatient therapy at the Dayton VA. Um, they use peer support there to help out because... Um, no one's more understanding you than a peer that's been through what you can't been through. Um, a doctor's not going to understand that who hasn't been in combat. So you can open up better to someone that's been in combat that's been in your shoes. Right. But it's, it's a, a long journey between having a hobby and connecting that with therapy for those uh, veterans who have had uh, some kind of issue in their life where they, they're looking for that special 
connection. How did you get, how did you get that connection? Yeah, it's definitely been a long journey. We started going, I started going to some hunting programs and that's where I sort of put two and two together. Like this is something that I could bring, all these veterans are coming out here just to get out of the house and hang out with each other. Not even just go out there and go hunting, but just to hang out. And we thought that that would be something that we could bring into the, with the knife making is to push that and get veterans to hang out. David, with your, uh, first, what you're doing now, how did you, I'm going to transition as far as to your military. How did you, or when did you decide to go and join the Army? April 26, 2006. April 27th, 2006. That's um, a very specific date. Yes. Uh, it was one path or another for me. It wasn't my family has a strong, deep-rooted, it wasn't that my family has a strong, deep-rooted in the military. Uh, I had grandfathers that were in the war. Um, it was go with the bad crowd or choose something different. And I decided to choose something different. I grew up in the projects in Lima, Ohio. So it was a way for me to get out of the crowd that I was in without having to go to a college. I have a GED, so I have no college experience. So it was a way for me to get out of where I was at and get away from the crowd I was in. So the military gave that to me. What I was needing was something different. So was there a specific individual or a specific moment? You know, you actually selected an exact date. I mean, almost, I was waiting for you to say the time, actually, 10 a.m. <laughs> on this date. What, what what was it that flipped that switch for you? Was it an individual? Was it somebody that was a mentor? We were soldiers. Oh, the movie. Yes, the movie. We were watching, the, me, and, me and my friend were watching the movie, and we're like, hey, let's go join the military. Hey. We're, we're going to not do what we're doing now. He apparently... He didn't do so well on his AFAB, so he didn't join, but it was, we both wanted to do something different. You know, it's amazing how movies are, because uh, movies do inspire, and especially young men and women, as far as that sense of adventure of, hey, wait a minute, here's that possibility, and that could be me. I could do that right there, and it's that sense of uh, adventure, but... Uh, Having the adventure of being in the service, how did that transition once you got out? So I, I pulled a lot away from the military service. I was a sergeant in the military. Um, I got more from the honor and selfless service side of the military. You all, I was instilled, you always put your soldiers first. You never take anything away from your soldiers. You never take anything away from your soldiers. You always make sure that they are first. Um, and that is what I took away from it. And that's how I started going about with what I do is I want to make sure that I'm putting other people's needs ahead of my own. That's for lack of a better term, my penance. Okay. I actually want to back up a little bit on your military career. Uh, you were in the army, in the infantry. Um, when did you go in? So the April 27th, 06 was my date that I joined the military. That was the date when everything changed for me. I went in, Basic training, Fort Benning, Georgia, beginning of spring through summer, and then into fall. Um, it's one station unit training there as infantry, so I stayed in the same company and everything the whole time. I graduated October, or I graduated August, and then I deployed for Iraq October 30th of 2006. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. And I always thought it was funny because the drill sergeants were always like, we will give you enough training 
to get you killed. You're going to get your real training at your home station. All the important training you need, you're going to get from your home station. We're teaching you just enough to get you by. So I went to my home station. I'm like, I'm going to get all this awesome training. And they're like, hey, go get your gear. We're getting ready to deploy in two months. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And so what did you do in Iraq? So in Iraq, we did route clearance missions. Uh, we did search for IEDs, um, search houses. And we questioned the local populace about terrorist movement, terrorist activity. Um, we secured and then the always what everyone loves to say, we won the hearts and mind of the people of Iraq. So my main mission when I was in Iraq was I was a Bradley crew member, so a Bradley fighting vehicle. So when I was there first, we I drove the vehicle, um, gunner, TC'd it. Uh, we'd go on missions, enter and clear houses, do gun runs, which is basically patrol the route until either your vehicle gets blown up or you find the IDs one way or another um, to make it safe for the other people traveling on that route. Um, we'd search houses and stuff like that. So were there any catastrophic moments? With any military career, you're going to have catastrophic moments, whether you're involved or not. Um, but yes, we did have catastrophic KIAs while we were deployed as an infantry soldier. Your MOS is basically geared towards going and finding the bad guy and disposing of him or capturing him. Um, so yes, in war, there's going to be catastrophic moments and we've lost vehicles, people. Absolutely. So I have to ask, have you heard of the PACT Act? No, I haven't. So this is uh, new legislation uh, that was actually signed into law by President Biden uh, in August of this year. Uh, and it's actually expanding uh, health care benefits to um, veterans such as yourself who spent time in post 9-11 uh, in, in theater um, conflicts. And uh, it's actually affecting upwards of 6 million veterans uh, to give them uh, health care benefits that they may have not been able to receive before. The uh, PACT Act is the Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxins Act, uh, and that is uh, not just for uh, the folks that are, uh, have served with uh, post-9-11 conflicts, so it, it does cover all of that, uh, but it's also all the way back to uh, Korean and Vietnam War veterans. It's ex uh, expanding the Agent Orange um, uh, benefits and, and other, uh, other toxins that uh, veterans might have been exposed to in theater. And, um, you know, we have a lot of different uh, registries out there already. You know, we have the, the Burn Pit Registry, the uh, Lejeune Registry, other uh, Agent Orange Registry, et cetera, and so forth. Um, but that's, that's one of the things that we want to make sure is that our veterans are aware that there's a new registry out there, and they want to register whether they are enrolled or not because uh, there are what we now call presumptive conditions. If you have this condition, it's now presumed that you uh, might have uh, acquired that condition through service in the military if you were in these locations at these times. You don't have to prove that. Uh, you know, that's, that, that's been the case before, that you have to have some kind of evidence to show that you have uh, received a condition to get a disability rating. Now it's presumed, if you have this condition, that you are uh, now eligible uh, uh, for care through the VA if you were serving in theater during these particular times and have this presumptive condition. So 
Yeah, I'm, I'm signed up for the burn pit registry when they first came out with it. I know the system was backlogged on it, but yeah, I signed up right away for that. And that's what we want you to do with the PACT Act as well. Uh, so for veterans who um, may not know about this, all you have to do is go to www.pactact.gov. That's P-A-C-T-A-C-T dot gov. Uh, and it's about a 20-minute process uh, to go through and, and fill out a... Um, questionnaire, uh, and that puts you on the registry, whether you have uh, registered for the burn pits. Like so is this David. different than the burn pits registry? This, this is different, absolutely. But better. But it, it's more inclusive, actually. It's not just the burn pits. It's for any any toxins that uh, veterans might have been exposed to and their presumptive conditions. Uh, so that's, that's what we want to do, is whether you're enrolled, whether you signed up for another uh, registry, uh, we, we want you to go to that pactact.gov and fill out that questionnaire and get registered for this. Uh, this is, uh, like I said, it's it's expanding healthcare for upwards of six million veterans. So, uh, if, if you uh, have been exposed or were in theater uh, post 9/11 or even in Korea or Vietnam, uh, please go out to that website to check that out and uh, see if uh, you may may qualify for that. Um, but more than that, if you were in the in the area and you may not have a presumptive condition, sign up anyway because you never know down the road when you may need that care. So again, sign up at pactact.gov. And now we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear more about uh, David and his experience with the Dayton VA. I was in the military and I didn't know that when I left, I was eligible for health care through the VA. I thought you had to be disabled or have been wounded. Another vet told me I should check it out. Now I have the care I need at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. Even an Iraq vet like me who's in really good shape needs good health care, especially when it's top quality and convenient. And it's not just for men. In fact, aren't you a vet, Patricia? Yeah, I served in the Air Force. When I come to the VA, the people understand veterans' needs. I get great care with good doctors and nurses and state-of-the-art facilities. Because, hey, I was there and I earned it. And if you deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan, including with the Guard or Reserves, you did too. Here's another thing. I'm within five years of my time over there, so there's no copay for any service-related condition. That makes a difference to me. So why not come in today? When you check in, you'll get a full medical exam, first thing. Free for vets at the VA. Thanks, Doc. So check us out and see you here. And we're back with Army veteran David Bates. Uh, you know, it's clear that you love helping your fellow veterans. It's uh, one of your passions. Tell us why that is. It's a selfless service that you take away from the military. Um, your devotion to country, your devotion to your the guy to your right and your left, your brother and your, your sisters. Um, but we've just expanded on that also to care for everyone. Absolutely. And, you know, David is actually a member of the Lima uh, Clinic's Veteran Stakeholders Committee. 
um, you know, that's that's a that's where we actually ask uh, a number of veterans to come in and let us know how we're doing, what we're doing, what we need to improve. Tell us a little about your efforts there, David. So at the Veterans Stakeholder Committee, um, we've actually changed it to more of a town hall setting. So you don't have to get it voted in by members there. It's You can si get signed up for the email list and you can join in one of the meetings. They're virtual as of right now. Um, you can either do it by the computer or by the phone. And it's a great way to get involved. It's a great way to get involved with your local VA, like the Lima Seabot. That's my way of being involved there and putting input from the veterans that I hear back into the VA and getting their voice, helping get their voices heard. Right. Well, you've, you've come a long way because you, you're not just the average guy who signed up, uh, but tell us, how did you find out about the VA? Why did you choose to use the Dayton VA for your uh, health care, and what's your experience been with the VA? So the Dayton VA, I chose the Dayton VA because, for better term or words, it's one-stop shopping. I can go there for move to lose weight. I can go there to quit smoking, which I quit smoking through the VA after smoking for 10, 15 years. Um, I can go there for orthopedics. I can go there for dental. I can go there to get seen for my migraines, for my PTSD. If I need a little extra help with inpatient therapy, I can get inpatient therapy have. They have housing for veterans that don't have housing. Um, you can go there, you, Women's Health, they have their own clinic there now. You can go there for all these things, and then your local CBOC. At the Lima VA, it's it's a mini version of it. It's your mini mall. So the Lima VA, they just got, I believe, their own urgent care room. So they have their own urgent care room there, and it's a brand new facility. Like, it's located at the... St. Rita's, so it's right by a hospital, so if you can't get help there, they can send you down to St. Rita's. Right. That's one of the things we don't uh, mention often enough on this podcast is that, uh, you know, we have the Dayton VA, uh, the main hospital, uh, the med center in, in Dayton proper, but we actually have four VA clinics or community outbased uh community-based outpatient clinics, uh, one up in Lima, also another one in Springfield, one down in Middletown, and one in Richmond, Indiana. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to travel that far for your health care if you're not living in Dayton proper. You know, you've got a, a clinic uh, that's conveniently located somewhere in the IT counties that we serve. And uh, and you're a big part of that up in Lima with your with your service to the, uh, the stakeholders committee. And... Um, uh, we we are uh, thrilled to to have somebody like you actually participating in, in helping ensure that we get better care, uh, better service to our veterans. So uh, tell me um, your personal experience with the with the VA. You said you know that's one stop shopping that you get everything, uh, all your services taken care of. Uh, tell me what you think about the environment. It is very friendly environment. When I first went to the VA as a 20 year old <laughs> um i was worried about the older veterans you, you haven't you haven't chewed your leather strap yet you haven't you're still teething you haven't broke your you haven't served your time you haven't done what i've done attitude but it, it's very it's very welcoming like all the staff welcoming the other veterans are more than willing to help you with anything you need um and it's just a great place and if there's any issues the 
if there's any issues, the patient advocate, they're right there to help you out. They get it, the ball rolling on everything once you let them know that something's going on. And that helps fix everything and make it better for the future veterans. But yeah, my experience with the VA has been nothing but awesome. And you know, you bring up another point that uh, a lot of veterans um, feel that they don't deserve the care, that they haven't earned their time, or that uh, possibly they don't they don't even realize that they have uh, the the uh, right for veteran uh, benefits. Uh, that uh, you know, they'd say, "Well, I didn't lose an arm or a leg in battle. You know, I don't have, have a Purple Heart. You know, how could I possibly qualify for VA healthcare? That's for." That's for heroes. Well, anyone who served is a hero, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but that's just it. You don't have to have a major uh, wound or a purple heart to uh, register with VA healthcare. So what would you tell uh, other veterans out there um, who have that misconception? You, you sign away your life for a period of time. You, this is This isn't your... This isn't something that you were given. This is something you earned. You earned this right to good health care. PTSD, that's an invisible wound. You can't see that. Male, female, you can't see that someone has PTSD. You, you've earned the right to get treatment for that. Regardless of what your medical issues are, you got need to get treatment for it. You've earned the right to get treatment for it. Right, and, uh, and I think the PACT Act that we talked about Actually, you know, broadening that makes a huge difference for so many, so many veterans that uh, that may not have been eligible before, but now are. Um, and and again, uh, whether they feel they need it now, it's one of those things you don't want to wait until you need it to actually apply for uh, the VA healthcare, especially if you qualify under the PACT Act. So again, we encourage everybody to to reach out, uh, uh, to get on the on the web and and check that out and register today. Now. One of the things that David had brought up, when we go out during our outreach, a lot of times we meet veterans who may have all types of reasons why they don't use the uh, Dayton VA. And one of those reasons is for someone who needs it more than I do. Uh, that's one of their reasons. The other is that I already have a health care provider, and we try to share with them that we're not asking them to leave that health care provider that they've already built a relationship with, but the VA does offer something unique as far as with the round of services that it currently has available for us to the veteran, and one of those that a lot of people don't realize, and that's the peer support that you alluded to as far as with your organization. Tell us about that experience with peer support. So peer support, you're going to get a lot of help from someone that's been in your shoes, that's done what you've done. Um, I got a lot of help through the inpatient program at the DOM or the VA. Um, they would sort of mentor you. they because you're, I don't want to say confined to Dayton EA, but you're there for that seven weeks or however long. So you're not supposed to leave. So they'd take you out, get your haircuts, take, and you go to, as part of, as part of exposure therapy, you'd go to the malls or you'd go to this park and it, 
these peer support specialists are the ones that go out there with you and help you. Um, they're there to help you with your needs. So that's a unique, uh, that's something that's unique for us to the VA right there. And that is because uh, sometimes uh, veterans, depending upon the experience, and that's part of the healthcare, and that is they're going through a transitional period, uh, having that stress. And that's where peer support is having another veteran, again, working with them who can help them far as make that transition. Right. And, and it's amazing uh, the number of younger veterans that now um, need those services that, you know, for, for, for whatever reason, there are a lot of people think that you have to be of an older generation uh, to, uh, again, qualify for, yeah. for VA health care. Uh, and I'm sure that you see that too, especially with Warriors Way, that there's, there are people that are coming back from post 9-11 uh, theater um, operations that need that care. You have people that are coming back post Iraq that were injured in training that need that care that don't think they qualify for that care because I didn't go to a war. That's not the case. You you signed up. You earned that care. Like, and that's I think a stigma that is going around is that the younger generation that either didn't serve in a war or that went and served in Japan. Um, as an Air Force or Navy, um, went and served in Japan and didn't, it was a non-combat deployment. They, they may see that they don't deserve that care. But you know what? You, you say that. And um, if, again, if you're even in non-combat or combat support or in a theater such as Korea, uh, which is still actually, a lot of people don't even realize that, that the Korean War is still not over. It's only a ceasefire. Uh, that that actually, those, some of those some of those places, uh, especially now through the PACT Act, have identified as uh, qualifiers for you to um, to actually receive that health care. You didn't have to necessarily be on the front lines, and I, and I think again that's another misconception for a lot of veterans that you had to actually be toting a gun on on the on the battlefront, and that's that's not the case. So just something else I wanted to add: one of the members, Butch, at the veterans stockholder committee um, has set up a peer support program to help combat veteran suicide. Um, this program is the second and fourth Tuesday of every month at 6.30 p.m. at 3.30 North Elizabeth Street in the basement of the courthouse in Lima, Ohio. Um, you can go there. You can talk to other veterans that have been in your cert, in your shoes. You can talk to, there's Vietnam veterans there, Iraq veterans there, Afghanistan veterans. You can go there and talk and hopefully get some relief for the stress that you're dealing with. Well, David, I want to thank you again for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Great to hear your story. Uh, we love to hear all the stories from our veterans from across the Western Ohio region. I was in the Army. After I returned from Iraq, there were times I didn't know how I was going to face another day. I couldn't be around people, and being alone only made me go to darker places. I reached that point where I actually thought of ending it all. Then I found help at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. You know, Greg, not too long ago, I went to see my primary care physician about some shoulder pain I was suffering from. Yeah, Scott, tell me more. Well, after an x-ray and an MRI, uh, you know, they had found that it had torn a rotator cuff uh, muscle. 
And fortunately, uh, it was not bad enough that it warranted surgery, uh, but the pain was still unbearable. And my mobility had been severely limited because of the injury. I could not put my arm over my head or behind my back. I'm telling you, it was killing me. That's when my doc sent me to receive physical therapy at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I thought, uh, this is going to do me any good? How? I've torn a muscle. How is exercising an injury going to make me feel better? Well, the therapist at the Dayton VA put me to work with stretching and strengthening exercises to put me back on the road to recovery. I didn't know that physical therapy, of all things, uh, could actually help movement restorement and uh, help with the function if you are disabled or injured in a disease. Uh, If you're living with or recovering from an injury, illness, or chronic condition that limits your mobility and independence, the Dayton VA can help. Their physical, occupational, and movement therapists combine therapeutic exercise, consulting, education, and training to help you improve your health and quality of life. Services at the Dayton VA include pain relief and joint mobilization, movement and exercise therapies to improve your strength, endurance, balance, and coordination, mobility assessment and training with wheelchairs, scooters, and walking devices, life skill training and activities to help you maintain the highest level of independence and functionality, aquatic therapy to manage chronic pain, and evaluation and treatment for a wide range of medical, orthopedic, psychological, and neurological conditions. These services are available at the Dayton VA Medical Center campus, as well as the Middletown and Springfield C-Box. If you're in pain and ready for treatment, contact your primary care provider today for a referral. You won't be sorry you did. Our veterans put everything on the line to protect our freedom. We may never be able to repay them for their sacrifice, but we can show them just how much we appreciate all they've done. Every day, hundreds of people just like you volunteer to help our veterans. You can help by simply sharing your time, lending a warm smile, a supportive hand, or a sympathetic ear to someone who needs it. Everyone can do something to make our veterans know how much we appreciate their service. What will you do? We want to say thanks again to our special guests for taking time today to share their story. We truly enjoy hearing stories from veterans from across the region and learning more about how they found care through the Dayton VA Medical Center. And as always, we want to thank our listeners for joining us and remind them if they are a veteran and are not enrolled, to enroll with the Veterans Health Administration to receive health care benefits through the Dayton VA Medical Center. It's easy and it doesn't cost a thing. You just need to be a veteran. The simplest way to start enrollment is to call our enrollment and eligibility office at 937-268-6511, extension 4105. They can schedule an appointment for you to come to the Dayton campus or help make an appointment at one of the surrounding community-based outpatient clinics located at Springfield, Richmond, Lima, and Middletown. Again, that number is 937 268-6511, extension 4105. Veterans may also enroll by visiting www.choose.va.gov slash health. While there, you can choose from applying online or by phone or by mail. It's just that simple, really. As I said before, it doesn't cost a thing to apply. So what are you waiting for? Call us today or... If you know of a veteran who is not enrolled, 
have them call to start taking advantage of this benefit. If you're a veteran, it's your VA. Sign up today. Join us again for another episode of My VA Dayton with the Dayton VA Medical Center. Our episodes drop the 1st and 15th of each month. I'm Scott Lease with your co-host, Greg Tucker. Thanks again for listening to My VA Dayton.